Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the fourth of the seventh that is independence day in the united states this is the cob the stuff you need to know about the day and business and markets and startups i'm nadine blaney i'm carl rudder and i guess happy independence day we may as well join in the holiday cheer for that side of the world well it's going to be a quiet one tonight mm. because uh, u.s markets are closed for the fourth of july it is a Big summer celebration with lots of food and good weather and fireworks. Um, and it was a day that we saw some pretty solid performance coming through from our local market. 11, all 11 sectors pushing higher today. Yeah, positive session, positive lead from Wall Street. So, you know, the only knock would be thin volumes for obvious reasons, but uh, a very, very broad-based game for the local market. And managed to do so despite E-minis being in negative territory throughout the day today. Uh, look, a bit of a mixed performance being put in by Asian markets as well. The Hang Seng, well, as time of recording, at time of recording, I should say, down by about three-tenths of a percent. The Kospi in South Korea also coming under pressure, although Chinese mainland markets looking strong. As we sit here with the S&P ASX 200 up 1.1% to 6,612. Hey, wasn't a lot of corporate news on out there. No, not a lot of corporate news, not a lot of macro news. There was really quite a slow news day, uh, to be fair. I mean, we're kind of, I guess, reading ourselves for you know what's going to be a big couple of days locally and, and also internationally too, a lot of big data, not far from US earnings season. But calm before the storm, maybe the markets enjoyed that and just took the opportunity to, uh, to buy in a little bit with uh, a lack of distractions. Volpera, though, did really well. It was on the SIBO Australia Index up by 16%. I think more significant gains on the ASX. Signed a contract with Radnet, which is a, a imaging services provider in the United States. And Volpara says it's not just that they're buying their software. There's plenty of scope for further um, business being done between the two going forward. So Terry Thomas, the CEO there, I had the chance to speak with her on our CEO series. If you haven't seen it on Twitter, you should do so. And I know that one thing we talked about was uh, just the, the deep understanding that uh, business leaders who hope to make it in the U.S. system, because of how complicated the whole medical system is there, you really need that deep understanding. And you know what? She's originally from the States, so it looks like uh, that's uh, paying off. So Valparo was one of the big winners, and Imugene, so this is not in, um, you know, these are, well, Imugene's biotech, but really carrying on from some of the gains it saw last week, after it had some pretty solid phase two results coming through, and it was up by a further 10% today. Uh, one negative I can see is Link Administration. So it uh, rejected that die in Durham offer on the table. It's still engaging with the company, but it was off by 1.3%. 
Hey, Kyle, we had a good chat with um, Peter O'Connor from Sean Partners to end the day. Miners, energy was all a real strong suit of the market today. Yeah, it was, and obviously spoke up at gold as well. So certainly encourage everyone to look back on that particular interview. But uh, no, he, he was very bullish on the sector. He was very bullish on the commodity space. Obviously, we've seen some weakness coming through in June through materials and, and energy uh, for obvious reasons. There's recession risks, I suppose, markets are trying to price in. But, um, you know, I spoke, li- spoke a little bit about, you know, where you want to get exposure to because his thesis is that uh, that demand for, for energy is going to remain high. Coal in particular, Whitehaven, he spoke up quite quite significantly. Uh, South 32, he also touched on as well. So really sort of um, spread the gamut in terms of that commodity space. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one that uh, you can catch up with online. Uh, a bit of news coming from Suncorp. Now, it was giving us a bit of a reinsurance update and a claims update for the last financial year. Of course, it comes as we look at our windows here in Sydney City and continue to see the rain coming down, flooding mm. on the East Coast, flooding in Sydney suburbs. Pretty serious. Uh, the insurer's X Suncorp came under pressure today, but Suncorp was actually up on the day by four-tenths of a percent. It was the stock of the day. Here's what Nathan and Gorav had to say. An industry I generally avoid because of the complexity, um, but this is a, a, an okay business, I would say. Look, if, if you want to be there, I see no glaring reason to, to buy it or to sell it. Um, I have no strong opinion on it, except to say that this is this is overly complex for the amount of return you're likely to receive, and on a risk-reward basis, it makes very little sense to me. Um, so I'm going to avoid it. But with the Soundcorp, you've got the bank and the divestment. That's where people are getting interested in. I think it priced usually gets priced more like a bank rather than insurance. That's right. So I would say that it's probably over-earning on the multiple in the cycle that's going to be. Regional probably has too much in it. Uh, Queensland, weather damage, all of that will play out. Yep. So for me, Suncorp here, I'm negative on the banks, and I think that's more bank than insurance, so I'd be selling out. There you have it, not going in the portfolio, mm-hmm. and I should say I have first-name basis only. Gaurav Sodi from The Intelligent Investor, Nathan Samasundram from Deep Data Analytics. Hey, Kyle, speaking of data, we did have some data out on the housing market, which did surprise to the upside, the value of investment housing, owner-occupied Housing, also job ads going so strong, only at 1.4% month on month. So there is nothing in the data, at least today, really nothing in the data that would put the RBI off from this 50 basis point hike. No, and I think everybody that we spoke to today said 50 basis points is basically um, a a lock in. The markets have obviously priced it in. you know, you're getting a few folks out there and the probably, uh, you'd say, the margin saying that 75 ought to be on the table. And it's probably more prescriptive rather than thinking of, uh, you know, a, a descriptive way of trying to find what the RBA will um, t- to talk about what the RBA wants to, 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 to do. Um, but like you said, um, the data's strong. Everything's indicating that the RBA needs to, to push forward because inflation is a risk. And I suppose we brace ourselves for the, uh, for the news tomorrow at a Martin Place yeah, but I think from a market's perspective, I mean, it would have to be a big surprise that yeah. would shake, uh, you know, confidence. It'll be a commentary thing, obviously, yeah. the colour around it. And it'll be interesting to see if they do shift their tone because, one, you know, a few weeks ago, Governor Lowe did suggest that, you know, it was 25 and or 50 on the table. Um, so he kind of walked back that kind of hawkish rhetoric, give, give, gave himself a little bit of wriggle room. Um, but, you know, the, the RBA's forecast for inflation were revised higher last month, 7%. They're not going to probably touch that until the next statement of monetary policy. Um, we'll obviously get the, the July CPI numbers out before before that anyway. Um, but it's it's locked and loaded. It's in there. Could they say anything more hawkish than they have recently? I mean, I think the bar's set pretty high. 
So I don't know. The Aussie's already down at 68 cents. The market's already pricing at a cash rate at 3% by the year, by the end of the year. So I'm, yeah, I'm not, not sure that uh, there can be all that much movement to something that's been so well telegraphed. Mm-hmm. And then that was the plan, I suppose. Telegraph, tell the market, give people... Um, yeah, uh, some insight as to what to expect. And, of course, we've got uh, the inflation read, the quarterly inflation read. That's the only one we've got to go on, at least for now, here in Australia. And that mm. doesn't come until the end of July. Uh, but even though it's quiet in the States today, this is a big week. We get more on um, PMI, so the non-manufacturing PMI, which that was a big disappointment on Friday as well. Yeah. We get the jolts, job openings read. We get jobs on Friday. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it, now, is that there's the concern of that sort of weakening demand in the United States and maybe some slowing momentum in, in jobs uh, growth there as well. You alluded to it, but that manufacturing PMI figure backed up a couple of surveys from regional um, Federal Reserve banks in the States that, you know, really did point to, to slowing demand. So new orders dropped quite considerably and, you know, the employment index dropped a little bit. And even, you know, on, on the positive side, the price index dropped as well but we're going to get a spate of data this week that will kind of you know give us a lot more color on how the u.s economy is performing because of course at the end of the day you know the uh, the fed have said it their job is now to basically lift the jobless rate over time mm-hmm. um and it's not not going to happen uh, immediately uh, but they're going you know markets are wanting to see signs that you know those interest rate hikes will eventually be passed through yeah so again if you get a jobs report that misses estimates that comes into the downside which could be suggested by the data that we've got lately, then that might actually be interpreted as something good for the market because it would take that uh, real bite out of the aggressiveness, I suppose, if that's the way to put it. And Um, the wage wage growth component as well will be be very, very important. Hugely important. Um, Now, there's not a lot of data uh, out in the Europe region tonight we do get a little bit of a read uh, what's it on again i believe it was a centex consumer sentiment so it might yeah. be a little bit of a gauge about how they're they're all feeling over there on their three months long holidays i mean i know a lot of our guests and listeners are probably uh on the beach with uh, a lot of those survey participants there in the european summer but i think that's largely f- the sort of only thing that's really kind of capturing the eye. It's, it's quite a light night with the US away. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, tomorrow, again, it will be all about the RBA here. Let's not uh, pretend <laughs> pretend otherwise. Uh, we'll have plenty of analysis for you when that happens. We've got Stephen Dooley from... Um, Convera. Convera now. We've got uh, David Flanagan from Curve Securities. And we've got Matt Richardson from OFX. So mm-hmm. looking forward to getting all that instant analysis. In the lead-up, we'll be speaking with uh, Imre Spizer from Westpac over in New Zealand, Catherine Birch from ANZ as well. Um, look, I'm looking forward to speaking with Isaac Poole to get a global view and Stephen Everett from Thiessen Asset Management. And the list goes on, so it will be a day of digestion. Hopefully we don't get indigestion <laughs> tomorrow. No, no, not on a Tuesday. That's indigestion's a Monday thing for me. But um, no, exactly. We set it off the top. I mean, I just they'd have to really shock us to you know and pull out pull something out of the hat to to cause some of that indigestion as you've as you've just put <laughs> it. But um, painted a really lovely picture <laughs> there. <laughs> you do, you do. Um, but no, we'll, we'll get all the expert views and opinions on how it's going to affect everything because clearly there's a lot of a lot of moving parts in the economy right now and a lot of moving parts as it relates to people's portfolios. Okay, so that was a good day. Just to recap, we saw the S and P ASX 200 up by one point one percent ahead of this interest rate 
decision that comes through tomorrow. So we're all looking forward to that. Snapping a three-day losing streak. So good on you, S&P ASX 200 Energy. Led the decline, but the banks came to the party. The miners came to the party. Do you have a party on tonight, Kyle? Um, no. Well, a party for one, perhaps. Um, and by that, I mean I'll probably, you know, put some tofu in my air fryer and maybe watch the news. But you know, it gets sounds pretty exciting. Sounds wild. It sounds but it's wild. a Monday after all. <laughs> it you is a see Monday what he does on Friday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got kids to go take care. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> see you. Bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.